there's two aspects to moment-to-moment practice. So one aspect is we could call your skill at giving yourself fully, like how to relax your cervix, your heart, your throat, how to breathe. What do you do when fear comes up? What do you do when a specific tension comes up? You know, how do you work with these things? Now, that skill set on giving yourself ever more fully, which, as you say, is a deep impulse, Mm. that skill set does develop through time. So 10 years from now, you'll have a better skill set. You'll be better at You'll be more artistically capable of loving, of giving yourself fully, not only with your intimate partner, but through life. That's what life is. So you learn to give yourself more and more fully over time. Mm. That's one part of practice, the practice that can take place in time. You know, I call that the yoga of practice or the art of practice. But the other aspect of practice that is the other kind of wing of the bird or, you know, the two hands, the two sides of the coin, however you want to say it, Mm. the other aspect of practice that always needs to go with that is the and and because words are always about things that happen in time they're never perfectly accurate in describing this aspect of practice but a certain component of practice is the timeless bodily realization of love or the eternal knowing yourself as love there's different ways of Mm. saying this so even if you're even if your partner, for whatever reasons, he's not available to you, maybe he just has his own issues going on, and even if you may not be able to give yourself fully, you know, you had a bad morning, uh, you know, something happened and you are stressed or sure. maybe you have a physical injury or something, so you, you just feel you can't give yourself as fully as you could yesterday, there's still a part of your practice that is as deep as deep can be. There's still the timeless part of your practice, the part of your practice that is, I am love now, Mm. that I could love this resistance. I could love these limits. Mm. I could love my partner's limits. I could, one way of saying this is to totally accept it, but that word's tricky because it doesn't mean to settle for it, but it means you're at one with it. So you can love the fact so to speak, that you can't give yourself more. You're trying to give yourself fully, but you're blocked, your partner's blocked. Well, you could love that moment. So the universe in that moment through your bodies is love working its way through those blocks. Hmm. That that's what love's doing. That's the lesson of love in that moment. The love is eternal so it, so when you work through that block there'll be a infinite other blocks <laughs> you, know, you never get so skillful there's no more you could learn right it's it's an endless skill set just like an artist i mean you could mm-hmm. be a masterful artist but it doesn't mean the next painting you do or the next music you write isn't going to be even more skillful it's, mm-hmm. you know until you die really you want to always ground your practice in the eternal or timeless recognition of love. That one way to say that is you can love this moment too. Whatever it is, however limited it is, you know, when your baby when you have a baby and your baby is crying and being a pain in the ass, yeah. there are 
probably some skills that a mother could learn to help her baby over time, mm. but you don't stop loving your baby while you learn those skills, <laughs> I hope. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you love your baby fully. In other words, you don't love your baby more when you know how to deal with your baby's difficulties more skillfully. That doesn't yeah. make you love the baby more. So you love, one way of saying it is you love your baby completely whether your child is exhibiting a limit, so to speak, crying, screaming, upset, or whether your child is blissfully wide open. The love you have, the love you are, it's complete. You love your child. Nothing your child can do will make you not love your child. You, so your, your love is ever-present, and simultaneously with that, kind of a parallel track of practice is heck yeah you could develop more skills as a mother <laughs> you know i mean you could you could ask your mother how she did it you could ask mm. other mothers what they did it you could take class you could just learn through trial and error you know often mothers when they have their first child they don't know what to do by the time they're on their fourth or fifth child it's old hat so to speak they'd have a bunch of skills so those are the two wings of practice or the two arms of practice the timeless capacity to recognize love or to be loved to to know you are loving all these limits and you and your partner mm-hmm. and the skill development you know so you're, you're asking you know how do you give yourself how do you love more um and that's how you simultaneously are already as loving as love can be and you're developing the skill set to articulate that more fully infinitely over time does that make sense? Or Absol- does, maybe absolutely. And I just had a flash as a, as a mum, and I, I had a flash of there's a piece around expectation. When you have a baby, this, this, this tiny helpless baby, you have no expectation of that baby. You don't have a, mm, an mm-hmm. expectation that it's going to get up in the middle of the night and change its own nappy. Um, there's, <laughs> right? It's just, you know, if, it's, if this baby is sick, you're there every moment, every moment. And there, as, a, as a mother, I really feel that. And I remember if I can share a a moment in time when a friend had had a baby and I arrived at the hospital before everyone else arrived and I saw all these people looking at this baby with utter, utter love. Just, it was the most, just love. No, and I realised I walked, I remember walking to my car and looking in the mirror and thinking, when did we stop looking at each other like that? Mm, mm Mm-hmm. And it was just such a moment in time that I will always remember because we don't have these expectations that trip us up in relationship that we do. Of a baby, we don't have those. And I just remember that moment in time thinking, when? When did we start looking at each other thinking that it's, this person's not enough? They're not fulfilling our expectation as opposed to just loving well, that's what I'm trying to describe, that both of those can and should happen simultaneously. Mm. So you definitely shouldn't tolerate your partner as they are (laughs) (laughs) in the way you should tolerate a baby. In other words, your partner's not a baby. Your partner can change his nappies. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yes, I I understand what you're saying, but that's a kind of induced unconditional love Hmm. with your baby. Like you're, they're unconditionally needy. So you have no choice but to, 
to unconditionally love your child. But with your intimate partner, they could take care of themselves. So you begin to modulate what you're doing. And all I'm saying is that you need to distinct, make a distinction between the unconditional love you had with the infant, which you should cultivate with your partner, but that's, that's your, one way of saying it is that's your unconditional love for his unconditional presence. Mm -hmm. But your bodily's capacity to deal with his bodily transmission of that presence is probably you should be complaining about. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason. Sure. That's the play. Simultaneously, yeah. not to settle for either of your skill sets. Mm. Like, that was good, but it could be better. And at the same time, since that's always the case until you die, to realize, you know, while you're feeling that was good, it could be better. Also feeling, and I love you just like this. I love this moment just like this. I love my limits. I love me as my limits, the form of my limits, the form of his limits, just as they are. And I want more skills. So frequently the, the feminine has trouble differentiating love from skill. So like a highly feminine person, they're either open to someone or they're not. So highly feminine people have a lot of trouble loving someone and killing them. Hmm. Like a highly feminine person has trouble even squashing a cockroach or a killing a mouse because you look at this little mouse and you go, oh, I love it. You know, it's so cute. But then if it's a pain in the ass, you want your boyfriend to kill it you don't want to do it necessarily or stamp on a roach or something like you go, I can't kill it. I don't want, you know, you do it because the feminine really has trouble acting with skill. Love tends to incapacitate the feminine. So you, it's almost impossible to say no when you're fully identified with the feminine. So what I'm trying to say is that it's, it's an advanced skill set to be able to say no with a wide open heart cervix throat with a the, the full river of flow and openness internally but i don't know a gun is in your hands and you could shoot someone or your body is able to throw somebody off of you or you're just able to tell your partner you know, I love you completely and forever, and this is intolerable behavior what you're doing right now. So you're, you need to deepen that moment-by-moment, always-present, unconditional love flow simultaneously with that edge of practice, with the yeah. capacity to manipulate his body, your body, your child's body, in a way that's healthy for everybody, healthier and always healthier. You know, you develop that skill over time. 